Welcome back to Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. This is 11.2, and we are going to be continuing the conversation that we finished with on 11.1, which is talking about Antonio Brown. If you missed 11.1, we basically recapped the... I don't know what, what the right word is. The soap opera that has been Antonio Brown in Oakland. And now we're going to give our thoughts on everything that's uh, going – well, basically everything that's happened. So, Sam, I'll start with you first because you are not uh, a Raider fan. I want to hear your perspective on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll uh, and then we'll move our way over to me, the resident Raider fan. I don't think that – I don't think anything like this in the NFL has happened where – Maybe arguably the best player at their position might get cut from a team in his prime. Not because of off the field, like domestic violence issues or like drug use, but of just being a bad guy. Mm -hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So here's, here are my thoughts. About this as as a fan of the team. Well, wait, one more thing. One more thing. Go ahead. The upside for the Raiders is if there's a clause in his contract because he didn't show up to enough uh, workouts in the offseason, they can cut him this week and they don't owe him anything. Yeah. So there's that whole fifteen million guarantee this year. That doesn't matter. Nope. He didn't. He didn't fulfill his obligations to the team. That's. If I'm the Raiders, which I, I think you might follow along this way, I'd be thinking about cutting them mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. And so so I, I'm going to agree with you on that. That'll roll into uh, – there, there are basically there are like three things that I wanted to say about this. And that first one uh, that, that I want to talk about was what you just said. As a fan, um, I was actually really hoping they were going to cut him. Because the one thing at what point at what point uh, when you heard what did when you think I heard they definitely should cut him after what happened with Mayock the confrontation yeah so if you the guys confrontation didn't to 11. yeah point one yeah so the the confrontation with Mike Mayock and the find me for that I was hoping I honestly was hoping they were going to cut him because the one thing that I among everything else the one thing that I hate the most is I hate the Raiders. Being in the national spotlight when it has to do with this. Like, if a team is going to be in the national spotlight, you would hope that it would be because of their play, not because of this off-field drama thing. And I hate the Raiders being in the national spotlight for this stuff. I hate it. I hate all the attention. Why did you trade for AB? I didn't trade for AB. (laughs) (laughs) So, Would would you still have taken that risk? Because Antonio Brown's a great wide receiver, no matter what you say or what yeah, he does you on, can't the court, deny on, the, on the field. Yeah, you can't deny that. I think the only way that he justifies all of this stuff is if he goes out and just goes berserk Monday. Because, by the way, the plan right now is he is going to suit up on Monday and he is going to play. Yeah, he didn't get suspended. Yeah, after, after everything all that. that happened, he it, is going to play. You know why? Because his guardian angel, John Gruden, yeah. has and, final say and in the whole organization. Yeah, and here's the thing. Maybe maybe it works out. Maybe he goes out there and goes off for 150 yards. And you know what? If he goes out there and goes off for 150 yards, all of this probably goes away. No. No, no, no. 
maybe not the drama go maybe not the drama um inside going forward the room. yeah inside the locker room but at least at least hopefully all of the stuff that happened before week 1 can kind of be put to rest obviously there's going to be drama moving forward because it's Antonio Brown but hopefully all this stuff leading up to week 1 will kind of slowly start to fade away but the one thing among all of this that I don't think has been mentioned too much is among all of this, this actually, this whole thing actually makes the Steelers look really good. It makes the Steelers look really good because Antonio Brown did not just come to Oakland and put on a diva hat and go, Oh, I'm going to sabotage Oakland. No, he was the same dude in Pittsburgh that he is in Oakland. But up until like the last couple weeks that he was with Pittsburgh, you really didn't hear about all this stuff. So it actually yep. gives it actually um, highlights mm-hmm. how well Pittsburgh did with Ex- handling this guy. Oh yeah. So I think uh, I think sort of everybody in the Steelers nation kind of hiding behind a curtain is secretly laughing and smiling. So you, you just set me up right here. So I was listening to the Colin Coward show, and he sourced a guy that played in the NFL who knows Mike Tomlin well. And his source talked to Tomlin after Antonio Brown got traded. And Tomlin, according to Coward's source, said, we have no idea how much they had to cover up with this guy. I can just imagine from what we've seen in the one offseason he's been in Oakland, how much stuff he, him and Pittsburgh went through. Yeah. It's like every season, probably. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it just makes uh, – I, 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 I would have to believe that there's at least a handful of people in, the, in Pittsburgh in their organization just going, one, whew, what a relief that he's not here. And two, going – patting themselves on the back going, yeah, we handled that guy. And they got a third and a fifth for him. Yeah. So I think the unsung hero in all of this is Pittsburgh. <laughs> they kind of they kind of stole the Raiders, but you understand why the Raiders did. They're moving to Las Vegas. They needed a star going into Vegas to open that. Yeah, and there's no stadium. question Antonio is a star. I mean, he's he. You could make an argument he's the best receiver in the league just based off pure talent. But I didn't. I didn't think anyone. I don't think anyone knew outside of Pittsburgh how much of a head case this guy is. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, it's so hard because I do want them to cut him because I don't really want them to, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want them to deal with this anymore. But then again, the, the argument is always is you, the, you have a longer leash if you have more talent. And mm-hmm. right now it seems like he's got the longest leash in the NFL right now. So, but I got, I have got to think that for two people who are so football centric in Mike Mayock and John Gruden, that that leash, it's, it's really short now, whatever, however long it was before it ain't that long anymore. So he's, I would imagine he's got maybe one or two more of these antics before both of them just go, okay, it's not worth it. Another thing that people are talking about, Mayock has handled this situation, I think very well for a rookie general manager it's hilarious that you say that because my dad was listening to i don't know which radio station and this is honestly why i like 
being a fans podcast because we just we get we get to talk about the fan side of this um and not the not the minute boring finite details that reporters do but my dad was listening to the radio the other day and i can't remember what radio station it was but they were they were bringing up the idea that mayock might get fired because of all of this and my dad and i were both like why what has he done wrong if you think about it how long has antonio brown been in the league Oh gosh, since like 2011? And he held the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise, a proud franchise with the pretty established pieces. 2010, at sorry. Coach and quarterback. He held that team under hostage. And they, get, they surrendered to give him a big deal. This is one year with the guy, and Mayock's a rookie. GM and he's not standing down to Antonio Brown. I think that's very impressive for him, especially when all the reports were that this is John Gruden's team and he leads the whole thing. Mayock's just there to be a be a figurehead and cash the checks. Yeah. No, I well my Mayock was a scout for the longest time. Like Mayock is a football guy. He worked for NFL Network on the draft. Yeah, right. and he For and he was a scout too, years. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm impressed. I'm I'm very impressed in how Oakland's. If they cut him, I'd be very impressed. That's that's a very big move of them, yeah. and it's the smartest. I think it's the smartest football financial move because you don't end up paying him that 15 million. Yeah, and that's such a that's such a huge clause in that contract. Well, it's it's Antonio Brown's own fault. How do you not? know to show up to enough stuff to get your money yeah, I don't are know. we kidding ourselves i i don't know <laughs> i don't know but but then again how do you know not to wear the right protection during cryotherapy you know well, for, so, your, for your feet <laughs> so undisputed was talking about it and greg jennings and shannon sharp who are both former nfl players they were talking about what he had to do was pretty much just go to the building first off without the walkthrough was at. I don't even think Gruden needed him to participate in the walkthrough. He just needed to be there. Be in the room. Like clock and secondly, in. the the workouts in the off season, he didn't even have to like sprint up and down the field. All you do was show up, stretch, and you're good. Is what they made it out to be. And those two are very respectable legends in the game. And they would know. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Hey, like somebody needs to somebody needs to uh, sit him down with a therapist and, and just let him talk for a little while because something something's wrong with AB. Um, He's got a bunch of yes people in his corner. That's why he does. He does. Yo, AB White, bro, you're the best receiver in the league. Why would you have to go to that walkthrough? You're not even playing, bro. <laughs> And if I was AB, I'd be like, oh, you want to pay the 45K I'm going to get fined if I don't go? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Sit down. So so we'll see. I mean, we'll see going forward. The Raiders play Monday night against Denver. We'll see what happens. Um, he's going to be out there at least as of Saturday. I mean, as of Friday night when we're filming this, he's going to be out there. So It'll be interesting to see what he does while he's out there, A, and what the Raiders do going forward. And speaking of moving forward, the Dallas Cowboys are moving forward with Zeke, with Ezekiel Elliott. 
as their running back because he signed a six-year extension, which would make him the highest-paid running back not only in the NFL, but it was the biggest contract for a running back in the league history. So basically, it was a new deal that has $50 million guaranteed, which surpassed Todd Gurley's $45 million as the most for an NFL running back. That's coming from ESPN. So, Sam, I will ask you this question very bluntly. Is Zeke deserving of being the highest-paid running back in the NFL? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree as for well. Sure. If I, you look at all the other markets for every position, it's just about timing. It's not like he's going to be the highest-paid running back for years to come. He's going to be the highest-paid running back until Saquon becomes yeah. time. Like, it's just how the NFL works. Yeah. And so here, here's the whole uh, contract stipulation. This is uh, ESPN.com. So the deal has $50 million guaranteed, surpassing Todd Gurley. So I read that. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot, who's 24, was under contract through 2020 and was set to make $3.853 million in 2019. Some change. Yep. Nine, basically $9 million on the fifth-year option in 2020, making his total compensation through 2026 more than $100 million, which makes him the highest-paid running back in NFL history. Good for him. And I heard this, um, I believe, and I reference this show all the time, but I, just, I think they're so reliable and they have the most entertaining show. Um, Golik and Wingo, they were talking about um, – they were basically talking about how, first of all, I don't blame Zeke for holding out. Not at all. Like, Oh, it worked. Yeah, go get your money. Like, go go get your money. Go get as much as you can. As, and their point was, especially if you're a running back, because you basically, as a running back, have one chance to land that contract because Zeke is going to – so that contract – is through so is a six year extension so through twenty twenty six he's twenty four so he's gonna be thirty you think anybody's gonna be handing out massive deals like that when when a running back is thirty no he might get a one year deal yeah it's not happening running backs just don't get paid when they're in their thirties like that so you basically have one chance as a running back to get that massive deal and if holding out is the only way to do it go get your money. Do you go, think go get your money? Do you think Zeke would have got would have set the market if he didn't hold out? He obviously wouldn't have gotten the extension this early. He would have probably got extended after. Well, you'd have had to hold out, but if if you're Dallas, you would have paid him after the next two seasons. Yeah, I I think I mean obviously nobody's gonna know exactly what the stipulations were, like what the mandatory requirements, I guess, were is the best word I can think of from Zeke's side uh, were about the contract. But I got to believe that being the highest paid, A, in the league, and I'm not sure all time, who knows, maybe all time in there, but at least being the highest, all time running back, yeah, but who knows if they went in there and went like, yeah, we want Zeke to be the highest paid running back of all time. Who knows if they said that or not, but I would bet money that the first thing that they said was, we want to set the market. Uh-huh. I would imagine. So I'm sure – I do think he would have set the market, even if he didn't hold out, just because – There's just so many variables because it's two years out. that For a running back, you can get injured. You can have season-ending ending injuries twice. Oh, he could, get, he could get injured on Sunday. For Facts. Yeah, he could tear his ACL on Sunday. But now, for now, he's, now he's secure. Yeah. So – you got to hold out. 
Yeah. And 40, so, 42 days he's away from the team. 42, yep. So, and uh, he he's receiving a signing bonus of $7.5 million. That must be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. I have to say, on ESPN right now, this uh, this says source the, the 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 title is source Elliot Cowboys have six year extension and the first video that pops up is Andy Reid with the Chiefs. So ESPN's funky, bro. I don't know if he's. I would imagine he's talking about Zeke, but it's just weird that they put. Guys, don't go to ESPN for your sports news. Come here. Yes, we are way way more reliable than ESPN, even yeah. though we're getting our stuff. Yes. Break, uh, <laughs> breaking news: Niners win on Sunday. Breaking I got news: that. I got that from a source. Not a soul cares. Um, people care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know who really doesn't care is the guy who plays in that division, Jared Goff, who also he got paid, got paid big time. So this is from, and uh, this is from Fox News, uh, NFL Network report. <laughs> Are they British? <laughs> This is NFL Network reported that Fox News. News. Uh, NFL Network reported that the deal is worth $134 million with a league record of guaranteed, wait for it, $110 million. I wonder how often guys actually get paid that front, that $130. Because you always only hear the, the guaranteed. Like, I don't know why they get the – because all the other stuff is, like, incentives and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I wonder how – But $110 million guaranteed. <laughs> which is only two more than Carson Wentz got paid uh, uh, earlier this offseason. Something like that. Carson yeah. got – Carson's got a uh, – well, the Wentz got, wagon got, got a wagon full of money. I thought he got 108. Something like that. You can look that up for a second while um, – well, no, I, I already know, dude. I, it's the fans' podcast. You true, know that's I mean. right. So, to give you a little bit of uh, stats on Jared Goff, he's passed for 8,492 yards, 60 touchdowns. Nine, product, product of the system. Yeah, 19 interceptions while going 24-7 and seven in 31 regular season games as McVay's starter. He also led the Rams to back-to-back NFC titles and their first Super Bowl appearance in 17 years, becoming the first number one pick to quarterback his team to a Super Bowl within his first three seasons. I'll ask really? Say, yep. Which is an interesting stat. Well, I mean, the number one pick goes to a team that's not good. True. But you would think that a quarterback could turn it, well, at least you would hope. To the Super Bowl, though? Yeah. And that, that stat belongs to Jared Goff. <laughs> Did we talk about that on the podcast? What's the hardest championship to win? Um... With Ben, or was that just in a conversation? I think that was just in a conversation. You know what? We could actually talk about that either on ten point. I mean, on eleven point three or that'd be another an podcast that'd be because a nice conversation. Yeah, because I, I think, think the that Super would be Bowl's the the hardest one to win in professional sports. See, I would, I probably would disagree with that, but we'll we can get to that. We can get to that. Actually, you know what? Here we'll tease that. That'll be uh, that'll be eleven point three. We'll have that conversation eleven point three. What is the hardest championship? to win uh, in professional sports. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we close out uh, 11.2, I'll ask you this. I'll ask you the same question I asked you about Zeke, and I, even though I already know what your answer is going to be. Does Derek Goff deserve to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league? Ooh, you know what? No. I'll ask, <laughs> I'll ask you a different question. No, because I have a better question, because the answer to that okay. question is no. 
does Jared Goff? <laughs> <laughs> is it no? I, I mean, it's okay. It's technically you can't look at the title of the highest paid player in the NFL because it well, just it switched like five times. Yeah, in two and years. actually, actually, let me let me back that up a, a bit. You're you're worth whatever team's willing to pay you. So it's all about timing. He's yeah. Whatever he's definitely. It, the question is not whether he's worth that amount of money because he's obviously worth that amount of money. It's uh, well, actually. So I that was a dumb question in the first place. So we'll skip over it. But does Jared Goff deserve to be paid higher than Dak Prescott? Like, so when if you, Dak if, resigns, would I yes, sign if Dak you, some more money than Jared Goff? Yeah, if you had to, if you had Jared Goff and Dak hmm. Prescott, are you giving more money to Jared Goff or more money to Dak Prescott? So, if I'm looking at it from an organization perspective, no, I want to save money on Dak so I can pay other people, obviously. But in negotiation, if I were to go up to Dak, and this is kind of, you need some help from the player. They got to realize where they're at. If I'm going to Dak Prescott, he's not top five in the league at the quarterback position. I don't think Jared Goff is either, but I don't think Dak is ahead of Goff or Wentz in pure talent. Yes, he wins games, but if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm just going to be like, well, you've had Zeke Elliott your whole career and the best offensive line in the league and a defense that's getting better and better every year. So I, if Dak, Dak Prescott and his agent came up to me and said that they want to be market setters, I'd laugh in their face <laughs> and let some other team pay that. Cause right. that's ridiculous. I, I think he should get a flat 30 a year. I think that's too much for him, but it's reasonable. Well, you know, in this, yeah, you obviously know he's going to get a boatload of money, but I don't. So Jared Goff getting paid first is interesting because, like you said, he is the market setter. And I honestly, I don't think Dak should be, I don't think he should set the market, not over Goff. I would pick, I would take Goff before I would take uh, Dak. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cowboys do, especially after they paid uh, Zeke, because honestly, in terms of priority on that team, uh, Zeke definitely should have been uh, priority number one. I, I would rather lose Dak before I lose Zeke, especially yeah. with the way that they built that offense. Yeah. It's built around uh, Zeke and that offensive line. So, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Dak should set the market. I think right but now he's, it's, he's it probably be. will. Yeah, that's the thing. He like based on <laughs> based on how these guys are now, and you know what? That's interesting because it'll. Besides Kirk Cousins, no quarterback has really ever, I guess, kind of held out like that. I don't think Dak is going to hold out and say, hey, mm-hmm. I don't like, – he won't do that because quarterbacks just don't seem to do that because they normally get locked up right away. But Well, what's – if I'm actually the Cowboys, I'm going to revise my answer a little bit. I wouldn't care as much for him setting the market because if we look at – after the Ravens won that Super Bowl in 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. whenever it was, they paid Joe Flacco the most guaranteed money. And everyone was like, whoa, Joe Flacco's the highest paid quarterback in the league. If we look at it now, that money was maybe the 10th highest paid quarterback. So if, if you go where the position's going, if you pay Dak the highest – amount now 
through the duration of his contract, he's going to get, he's going to end up being cheaper and cheaper. If you yeah. look at it compared to quarterbacks, they're going to follow. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, let us uh, let us know what you guys think, dude. Who do you think deserves to be uh, paid higher, Jared Goff or Dak Prescott? And uh, give us your thoughts on Antonio Brown and uh, Ezekiel Elliott as well. We're going to roll over into uh, 11.3. Thank you for listening uh, to 11.2. And we're going to uh, – actually, yeah, we're going to have the conversation that Sam uh, brought up uh, sort of out of the blue. What sport is the – well, how should I phrase this question? What is the hardest sport to win a championship in, whether it is a team sport or an individual sport? Basically, all professional sports. So we will be answering that question in 11.3.